Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the usurping of the United States Constitution, the infiltration of our various domains of society from our social, our cultural, our institutional, our academic, our political, as well as the taking over of our supply chain and our infrastructure through various different types of coordinated cyber attacks and economic warfare to the progression of World War III and much, much more. And World War III, that has a completely new meaning, doesn't it now? Because what are we seeing happening? (laughs) Wow, wow, what a weekend. And so Vince is on vacation this week. It's just going to be me, maybe a few guests. We'll see what happens. Uh, But we are going to talk about the Wagner Group and what happened this weekend in Russia. Because I'm going to I'm going to spill it all. I'm going to put it all out there. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to explain from then to now why, how, what was happening, what was going on, why? Because this is all so pertinent and. You know, I was talking with one of our favorite co-hosts this weekend, Jason. You guys, you guys all know Jason. And uh, me and him were, uh, were brainstorming on a few different things. And uh, it's like when David Whitehead and I get it together, we, we figure out the mysteries of the universe. When Jason and I get together, we tend to figure out what's really happening because we kind of brainstorm. We have those brains that are melded together to understand this. So I'm going to try to break this down the best as possible. Now, I'm going to go into some historical context here. I'm going to talk about some some older events that happened that bring pertinence to what we are talking about specifically, because to understand what just happened in Russia, okay, and why the West is like, uh uh-oh, and why Ukraine is like, oh, no, and why Putin's laughing behind the scenes, we have to really understand the history here of what is really going on. Number one is why is the globalist, why do they care so much about Vladimir Putin? Why do they want Putin gone? You gotta wonder. And, and see, it's a it's an interesting theory here. And I'll bring up uh the image of the day. The image of the day, it's an interesting theory. These are the two most dangerous men in the world against the Western globalists. And I said, we will discuss it tonight in Panic in D.C. So why are Putin and Trump the two most dangerous men? Well, I wrote this long Twitter rant last night. I think it was last night. And there's a few things that we have to remember about. Number one is this. Does anybody out there remember the 16-year plan, the 16-year plan to destroy America. Under Barack Obama, the first eight years is to weaken U.S. globally, and he absolutely did that. Install rogue operators in the government, remove the good guys from the government, fund terrorism, MS-13, ISIS, ISIL, leak classified intel military secrets, 
Russia, China, uh, and many other countries. Special access program sell-off, that was Hillary Clinton's servers. Nuclearized North Korea and Iran, that was Uranium One. Cut military funding, uh, fire all the constitutional generals. 192 generals were fired under Barack Obama. Weaken the NSA and reveal programs that were utilized to spy on the deep state, that was Edward Snowden. Fund and supply North Korea and Iran, we knew that as Uranium One. Weaken command of generals. Uh, we can command of generals. There's a lot of variability here, but basically the wokeness that we've seen in modern day is really a result of that because what happened is they politicized the general ranks and they got rid of well almost 200 plus generals over a 10 year period who were constitutionalists and who would basically die to support the constitution. Target and weaken conservative base. Um, this is IRS targeting. This is disinformation campaigns through the mainstream media. Uh, Barack Obama's executive order basically legalizing government propaganda, stage the Supreme Court. This is uh, Antonio Scalia's murder, uh, kill NASA space supremacy, MP risk, and the space shuttle program, put it out to SpaceX and Russia. Remember, we, we had it with Russia for a long time. Relax the borders and flood illegals. All right. Uh, and this has all been happening, Barack Obama, 2008 to 2016. Well, then you got to remember, Hillary Clinton was meant to come in. World War III uh, real or orchestrated, revised constitution, closed military bases globally, population control, pocket billions, ban, uh, ban sale of firearms, repeal amendment, destroy censor opposing news outlets, eliminate final good guys in government, install corrupt Supreme Court justices, open borders, kill economy, starve and slave the public, remove electoral college, install population vote, limit military funding, as well as there's other parts to this, is that there was supposed to be a national health emergency during Hillary Clinton's reign, of which would have drove in the World Health Organization and global governance into the monitoring, or not the monitoring, but the administration of U.S. public policy when it pertains to health. And we have a lot more that goes into this. So it, I, I want you to take yourself back, okay, to 2015 to 2016, when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were going at it eye to eye, right? Now, you have the Hillary Clinton email scandal that is being discussed in Senate and Congress. You have... Uh, you know, Peter Strzok, who is in the FBI, who is the prime investigator on this specifically in 2016, um, Hillary Clinton starts debating Donald Trump in 2016 after he wins the, uh, the Republican National Committee's uh, primary. And they immediately drop the email campaign. And I think it was like August 4th of that year, August 4th of 2016, right after or right before this meeting between Brennan, Obama, Biden, Clinton, and Comey, and many others, okay? So they drop the Hillary Clinton email scandal investigation, and they immediately, Peter Strzok gets reassigned to start investigating Donald Trump. And this is where the FISA investigations get opened up and the Carter Page, Stephanopoulos, and all these other guys. So what was happening there? Well, you remember Hillary Clinton's rhetoric. Hillary Clinton right, was calling Donald Trump a Russian stooge, that he was Russian propaganda, that he was working with Vladimir Putin. But what happened really before that that really set the stage for this? Well, you got to remember in 2014, the United States funded and helped operate by funding the neo-Nazis in Ukraine and bringing them back into a state of power over Yanovich, who took power in 2011 and overthrowing his governmental rule. What they did is they staged a coup in Ukraine, taking over Ukraine during that time. Russia was pretty pissed because they had really good relations with Ukraine from 2011 into 2013. But we knew that the United States, the Western nations, wanted a strategic NATO position on Russia. 
And not only that is that there was other things happening in Ukraine in those various different areas that they wanted to keep under wraps and they couldn't have the Russians in there poking their heads around as well as once the Azov battalions and the various other neo-Nazis came in, they started basically campaigns with biotargeted, genetically biotargeted weapons against the Donbass region. They started various different shelling campaigns, military campaigns within that, basically trying to eliminate as many ethnic Russians as possible. Putin went in there, he went and took out Crimea, annexed it, and this caused kind of like a standstill between the proxy Western nations, Ukraine and Russia. Well, then Hillary Clinton's rhetoric began to start. Remember, Hillary Clinton wanted to put a military defense shield up in Poland. She wanted to put one in Ukraine. She threatened Vladimir Putin and said, we're going to put these defense shields up right here on your border because because we believe you're building nuclear weapons. And Putin's like, forget about the nuclear proliferation treaties. Forget about all your treaties. You want war? We will go to war. And he knew that if Hillary Clinton got into office, it would have been war. Now, back up a little bit, though. So what we see is, you know, Putin comes in after the fall of the Soviet Union, Union a former KBG uh, operative. Medvedev comes in for just a little while. Putin comes back in. Um, this is a dude who I believe seriously loves his country, but he's a, he's a dictator. He's a dictator, right? It's not someone I want to live under or not someone I want to reign under or any of that stuff. No, no, no. But we have to understand that when he, what he is doing is based upon his values, his culture, and his mentality as a Russian. And Russians think completely different than you and I. And they are masters at deception, at psychological warfare, and at information warfare. They, they basically wrote the book on it. So when we start looking at the United States and what was happening from 2008 to 2016, we had rampant selling of U.S. military secrets. I've laid this out in my Cue the Storm video that you guys can all go check out and watch after this. Uh, but basically, is you had government officials, high military officials selling SAP program, special access program, as well as other military secrets to foreign countries, adversaries, terrorist groups, and the funding of various terrorist organizations and foreign uh, terrorist organizations. And the military, the, at least the constitutional people within the military who understood, who took a, an oath to this country, understood this, knew this, and began spying on this deep state to uncover them. Well, they uncovered a little bit more than what they were expecting. They were expecting to uncover weapon sales, and they, they uncovered pedophilia and Syncatic cabal orders and all this other stuff. That program basically got got exposed. And that was the Project Prism, the NSA spying on senators, congressmen, uh, government employees, government contractors, all these people, because they were trying to find out who was selling these military secrets. And they started taking in data, which is not admissible in court, that basically it exposes all these people, but they couldn't do anything with it. So they had to start an information campaign to get this information out there. And so they started leaking it to various different press, uh, Andrew Breibart, Michael Hastings, these types of people, people they know would tell the truth no matter political affiliation. Well, these two people end up dead because of this information. So it becomes high potent, high quality information that is being put out there. This starts the whole Pizzagate saga and this enters into Wiener's laptop, Huma Abedin, all these connections. But either way, we go back into 2015, 2016, Hillary Clinton is threatening Vladimir Putin with nuclear war. And Vladimir Putin knows that if she gets in the office, 
they are going to go to war and that will be the end of Russia because Russia at that point in time did not have the military capabilities to defeat NATO or the United States single-handedly. They didn't have a military alliance with China. They didn't have the economic alliance with the primaries of the BRICS nations, or at least they hadn't set it up to that extent to have economic um, um, insurance during that point in time. So you needed a good decade. But I think that Putin understood all this, and he realized that what he would have to do is make sure that there's a candidate that comes in to the United States that wins the election that's not necessarily going to be pro-Russia, but isn't going to go off the deep end and who will actually care about this country and try to reverse and undo the things that have been done. And so I think what we've been watching over almost this last decade is a op. I wouldn't say military op, and I'm not going to say military is the only way. I think it started as a military operation. I think what happened is it started as a clandestine military operation for intelligence gathering on who was selling state secrets. And it expanded into, we need to get Donald Trump into the presidency. We need to take down the Democrats. We need to expose their lies, their cheating, and their corruption. And then we need to retain power and take back our country. And this is kind of how I see that this unfolded. So in between 2012 or 2013 to 2016, you had the Flynn Intelligence Agency starting to do deals with Turkey. You got to remember on the night of the inauguration with Donald Trump, the FBI went and interviewed Michael Flynn. And the first thing that they did was interviewed him about his meetings with Turkey, the country Turkey. And the reason is, is because the narrative that they were spreading was that Donald Trump somehow colluded with Russia. Well, see, here's the thing. They know exactly what happened, but they can't come out and tell you the public and they can't bring evidence forward of what happened. And the reason is, is because it implicates them. This is why this is so critical to understand these parts of it. See, Erogen, Erogen, Adrogen, whatever his name is of Turkey. I, I just cannot pronounce it. But anyways, Adrogen, he was working with Flynn's intelligence agency. They were trying to get basically a terrorist, a former leader of Pakistan, or of, uh, I believe of Turkey, Pakistan or Turkey, back into that country. And Flynn was working with them specifically. Well, Flynn never registered under FARA, the Foreign Agency Registration Act, to do this. This is why the FBI went and interviewed him that night. Well, firstly, the Turkish leader is good friends with who? He's good friends with Vladimir Putin. So can we assume that Flynn, Turkey, Russia was the proxy? That information was exchanged during that time, that the Flynn Intel Agency was actually utilizing a cover of an investigation to bring this person over back over to Turkey as this predicate to organize this whole operation that was about to unfold. And basically what Flynn gives to them is, Hey, this is what's going on. Hillary Clinton is going to try to steal the election on election night in the United States. There's some servers that are running in close proximity to Russia that spoof Russian IP addresses. All right. And they're at this company called Burisma. These servers are ran by a cybersecurity company called CrowdStrike. They're running a software that the United States has utilized in many different countries to steal elections. Just recently, it was used in Brazil to take the election away from Bolsonaro. It's called Hammer and Scorecard. And it's been utilized for a very, very long time to steal elections all around the world. 
and Hillary Clinton was going to use it on election night. And so they planned it. They, they knew the timing of it. They said, once the election gets going and states start to get called, it's going to be a dead heap, even in the even, but Hillary Clinton will eventually pull away. But at that point where she begins to pull away, we need you to shut down those servers. And if you shut down those servers and she can't pull away, Donald Trump will skyrocket, take a lead. And because of the algorithm, she will never catch up. And that's exactly what happened on election night. So in a sense, Trump, Flynn colluded with Russia to stop the cheating of the DNC. Okay. Now you might recall a perfect phone call with Ukraine where Trump was on the phone with Zelensky and he goes, you got the server, you know, CrowdStrike, Burisma. And Zelensky was like, yes, Mr. President, I got the server. But Trump never got the server. On that server was all this information. Now, isn't it interesting that Trump never got the server, goes into a second impeachment, okay, then gets the election stolen from him. This is where they prompt him the election. And Zelensky turns towards the globalists. Why? They paid him off. This guy became a billionaire in that time frame. Mansions in Miami. He took the bribe. He gave the server back to them instead of giving it to the Trump, which would have made Trump's case. Okay. So Putin has his cyber teams go in there, shut down this. Donald Trump wins. Everybody's shocked. Obama shocked. Hillary shocked. They don't know what to do. We know that during this time, Admiral Rogers was ahead of the NSA. And we know that the Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch had a meeting on the tarmac in June. This was tipped off by some secret intelligence person in Washington, D.C. to uh, a gentleman at Fox News affiliate, Christopher Sign. He went there. He exposed the whole thing. Apparently, the NSA was able to log and track that call. And uh, Admiral Rogers went in and re-logged it under a different identifier so that it could not be deleted by the deep state and kept it and took it. Well, what happened there is Admiral Rogers went to James Comey right before the November 2016 election and said, hey, James Comey, listen to this. <laughs> we have it all. Open the investigation back up on Hillary Clinton. That's when James Comey opened the investigation back up on Hillary Clinton because he thought that they were screwed and he wanted to get a sweetheart deal. Well, that allowed for that kind of momentum change of the election to basically for Hillary to blame it on as well. It was because James Comey came in and reopened that, that I lost and all this stuff. Well, no, this is a PSYOP an information warfare that you were seeing unfolding in real time back in 2016. The thing is, is we just didn't know. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. We just didn't know that it was at this extent. So what do we got next? So Trump comes in and we know that he begins shutting down these educational exchange programs with China and other countries and arresting professors. And this was basically how Hillary Clinton was selling our SAP programs to foreign adversaries through the progression of these emails to Gmail accounts that were accessible by these Chinese, um, um, Chinese intelligence agents that would take them and then go fund those professors, those universities, and bring them over there and get the research that they were doing on paper and basically start reverse engineering their own levels of technology. So this was a highly intricate operation to dismantle and take down the deep state. But the most important part of this was information warfare that we had to take over the idea of information. We had to take back the domain of information. And I know that people disagree with me on this one, but that's okay. If we look at every single domain of warfare, right? 
we understand that information is the lifeblood of those domains. That information is flowing out and flowing into every single one of them and is what interconnects them all. And so therefore, they who control the information, the content, the flavor of the information, control the narrative that flows into those domains that makes the decisions that result in kinetic action or consequences or whatever might happen in the sense of warfare. So Flynn and Trump and all these guys understood this specifically, that we would have to go in and take back the idea of information. And this is why Donald Trump early on began this campaign of fake news, fake news, fake news. Now, Donald Trump became highly popular because they were utilizing digital propaganda, okay, to spoof up Donald Trump's numbers through Facebook and Twitter and all these other platforms. Uh, They ran a fantastic campaign to do this, basically a marketing campaign for Trump is what it was. But today we would call it a disinformation campaign. It wasn't disinformation. What they did is they found various different things that were trending pertaining to Trump and they exploited them on social media and it grew popularity and attracted a lot of people into it. Michael Flynn understood that information was the primary domain. And that we need to take down the mainstream media because they're the official mouthpiece that controls the narrative of the deep state and the globalist. So Donald Trump comes out there and when he becomes president, they understand that they have to switch this narrative on the mainstream media. And so they start tagging and recording every darn thing that they possibly can because they know that the deep state is going to use it against them. And over a course of four years, Donald Trump showed the entire world that the mainstream media is nothing more than a mouthpiece for U.S. intelligence that is pushing the world towards globalism. And he does this by providing the facts, by backing up things with facts, by providing the actual recordings of the things that he said, therefore validating through and through that it is fake news. This culminates in the point when we first started getting banned from social media. My first ban in social media was early or sorry, late 2019, early 2020. My second ban was in middle 2020. And my third ban was in 2021. And these sequences of ban and censoring through social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, you had uh, AMP FN, Podbean, you had uh, you know, stri- you have all these platforms which start banning people, Patreon. And the idea was to ban the information and demonetize these people, go after them where it hurts. And that's exactly what they did to us. So what did we do? We sought out new channels to distribute our content. And the people followed that content because very smart, intelligent military analysts, uh, military analysts, military generals, people who are in the know and understand how information works, they saw the transition of information in and around 2010 to 2016. People were no longer consuming 30-minute broadcasts, 60 minutes, Walter Conkright-type news. Instead, what they were doing is they were going to social media. They're going to Facebook. They're going to Twitter. They're reading, you know, 27-character, uh, 27-word tweets. They're reading memes. They're watching two- to three-minute videos, five- to ten-minute videos on YouTube. This is how people were consuming their information. And so there's this transition that was going on. And I call this the blockbuster effect right, is that it was noticed by these people who are incredibly intelligent that the mainstream media, that the big conglomerates that control the mainstream media 
were not transitioning into the digital age the way that they should. They were trying to hold on to the old model of information dissemination because that's the one they've controlled and dominated for so long. Now, what's the Blockbuster scenario here? Well, Blockbuster waited too long. They were still doing brick and mortar stores, trying to rent out movies when everybody else was creating this whole digital empire, Netflix, Redbox, so forth. Well, Blockbuster got to the scene too late. You had to go there, and they still cost $22 to rent a freaking movie from them, and they eventually basically went out of business. And so they knew this trend and how that analysis of that trend could be beneficial to them, especially when they know that the government is censoring people and will take to the extent to silence people through censoring and through shutting them down through social media. Because you got to remember – Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google are all controlled and owned by the Central Intelligence Agency. They are owned by the intelligence agencies. So if there's a message being propagated on those platforms that is anti them and their power source, they're going to shut that down. And as that power grows, they're definitely going to shut it down and they're going to ban them. Well, that's exactly what they did. We all went to the alternative and the people flowed with us. The people came with us to the alternative media side. And when that happened, the ratings of the mainstream media began to pummel, began to plummet, not pummel, plummet. And now we're seeing things like this is where Tucker Carlson is getting 140 million views in two days on one of his episodes where he was getting 3 million views in two days on Fox News. That is the power of social media and the rate of distribution and the effect that its algorithms actually have. So we can honestly say that we've taken over the idea of information and the domain of information. This was critical because to understand what's happening right now in the attacks towards Donald Trump, the attacks towards Vladimir Putin in Russia, why they must stop Donald Trump, why they must stop Vladimir Putin, we have to understand all of this. The 16-year plan was critical to know because we knew that once they usurped Donald Trump and got rid of him, that they would begin that plan almost immediately and start to roll out because it had been delayed for four years. And so what we know, we knew there was going to be World War III. We know that there was going to be a pandemic. Well, the pandemic happened in 2020 through the bioengineered bioweapon that came out and then the vaccine bioweapon that came out after that. That was the first part of the pandemic, you want to call it that. And I believe that they staggered their, their, their plan for a series of various different pandemics over the next decade to two decades. Uh, so that was the first part. And that helped them actually take the 2020 election. And this part is important. They had to create a pandemic in order to steal the 2020 election. You have to understand that. They had to create a pandemic to steal the 2020 election. They could not have stolen it without it. Okay. Number one is hammer and scorecard was shut down. They knew they couldn't use this, but they utilized that as a distraction, as basically a a prompt to see if uh, people would take that bait, which they did. Okay. But they knew specifically that the only way they could steal that presidential election in 2020 was by pumping ballots through the mail into the centers and then covering it up as fast as possible, taking suitcases of ballots into these facilities and getting them counted as fast as possible and then getting rid of them and covering up all this information. So this is why 2018 was critical because you had to have the right people in the right place within these states specifically. Then you have COVID come in. 
and COVID comes in and this sets the precedent where the secretary of state in these states goes in there and changes the law illegally and unconstitutionally to allow the early mail-in voting to begin taking place in the collection of these ballots. Well, guess what? The majority of those states, the Supreme Court has already ruled that was unconstitutional. That can't happen again. If another pandemic comes, they can't start doing exactly what they did in 2020. It's over. They can't do that again. They can't run that up again. And now after 2022, we saw the other ways that they would cheat. And now those laws have been changed. Arizona, for instance, those laws have been changed. We won the House of Representatives. They did not want to lose that power. They just barely stole Senate. But guess where the problems lay? Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania just came out and said, well, guess what? The Secretary of State was unconstitutional and can't do that anymore. So what we have here is we have a situation rolling in the 2024 where they can't use hammer and scorecard because they know Vladimir Putin will shut it down. He. And they can't use the mail-in ballot pandemic emergency response procedure unless there's something other than a pandemic that occurs that allows for certain military powers to be taken. We'll talk about that here in a minute. So basically, if if things keep on consistent the way they are right now, Vladimir Putin doing what he's doing in Ukraine and nobody stopping him and Donald Trump keeping on moving forth and winning these cases, Donald Trump's going to be president. They cannot stop it. So if they can't stop it and they know what happens next, that when Putin and Trump get together, that is the end of the globalist. That is a whole new world. That is what Q said in his March 2018, April 2018 post, where he says, we are going to show you a new world, a brave new world, a whole new world. Okay. This is what he meant is that once you have countries that are organized and based upon their own sovereignty and freedom that want to bring about the progression of humanity, you can't stop at us. But the globalists don't want that. The globalists want power and control. They want to set up this totalitarian slave state. And so you have these two factions basically fighting right now. And China is just kind of like hovering in the middle between the two, right? Okay. So why are they going after Putin right now? What just happened in Russia? Oh, this is good. All right. So there is a lot to understand specifically with Prozokin and Russia. Wagner and what was happening. So to put it simply, um, the Wagner group has been fighting on the front lines within Ukraine specifically. Uh, There's a lot of theories out there that the Russian military just is not as good as them. That's, that's all bullshit. So what was going on is the, the Russian defense minister and that some of the top generals were making sure that Wagner went in there ahead of Russian soldiers what would happen is the West realized that this was occurring and the rest, the West targeted specifically through proxy with Ukraine, artillery, so forth, the, the Wagner groups. So this means that Wagner started having a very, very high death rate. Okay. Now this is bad for the Wagner group because they're not a voluntary military. They don't have drafts. People get hired to work for them. Okay, they have to go out, hire and recruit people. And if you have 60 percent of the people, your soldiers dying in battle, nobody's going to want to work for you. Well, this is how you defeat Russia on the ground when their primary military force is a special paramilitary organization. And so the West 
was basically utilizing leaked intelligence from Russia, from what I'm gathering, leaked intelligence from Russia, knowing that the Russian military generals, the Ministry of Defense and so forth were corrupt. They were withholding supplies. They were holding ammunition. They were withholding intelligence. They were pushing the Wagner group into the front lines where the West would then, through proxy of Ukraine, target them specifically to get a higher kill rate of the Wagner groups. This was an infiltration of Western intelligence that was setting up Wagner to basically be exploited. And that's exactly what happened. Because the next thing you see happen is you see uh, Prozokin of the, the Wagner group. He, he has, he's been saying stuff for months about all this, talking about the corruption in the Russian military and how they're not, they're not giving them everything that they need specifically. And he's told this to Putin. And I think Putin saw this as an opportunity to exploit this. Number one, exploit it to get his deep state to come forth and show their faces. And number two, to show the Western influence within the country of Russia and through Russia's intelligence. Okay. So this weekend, what we have is the head of of Wagner, Prashukin. He goes in there and he tries to take Rostov. He takes Rostov, no problem. You had people from the Russian military joining him, civilians joining him. You had generals falling all over to his side saying, we're with Mother Russia. And they were marching up to Moscow. And all the news was reporting that Putin's going to be overthrown within a six hours. Putin's done. And you have the U.S. like, we had nothing to do with this. Oh, my goodness. We're, we're almost ready to side with Russia on this because this isn't good. We don't want Prozhushin to have control of nuclear weapons. And Rostov has nuclear weapons. But what happens? Well, Putin calls up his good buddy in Belarus, known as Lukashenko, who's friends with uh, with Prushukin, who's also friends with Putin. And by the way, Prushukin, the head of Wagner, was on a call with Vladimir Putin just days before this happened. Understand that. Okay? What you just saw here was a counter-psychological warfare operation. Okay? What do I mean by that? Specifically, Western intelligence, Western intelligence had infiltrated various parts of, or intercepted or infiltrated various parts of Russian intelligence. They were using this information to specifically target the Wagner group. Once Prozhukin, the head of Wagner, got exploited, pissed off that his men were dying and losing retention, the Western military goes in, the Western intelligence goes in there and says, hey, you have this opportunity to go and remove Putin from power. We will put you in the place and we will fund you. All we want you to do is end this whole thing in Ukraine, go back to your house and await further orders. So what's what's producing though? He goes, okay, let's, let's do this. Now he loves Russia. He goes, okay, let's do this. And so we see immediately when he starts making his move, on Russia, we see immediately all these Russian commanders, Shogu and all these guys, oh my God, we got to kill them all. We got to take them out. There's another part of this as well, is days before, it was a, it was basically, uh, so there's a few other things here. Number one is Putin came to Wagner and said, hey, we want to sign all of your troops as soldiers of the Russian military. That way we can supply them. Well, Prozhukin came back and said, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's undermining my rule and authority. And he declined it. And after he declined it, they got hit by a missile attack from the back end, not from the Ukraine side, but from the Russian side. 
Now, this doesn't make any sense because the Wagner group is massive. And why are you going to hit one battalion of, of Wagner when there's multiple battalions of Wagner and uh, Prushkin isn't even over there? You'd want to take him out. And so what we begin to see is potentially that this wasn't a Russian missile attack on Wagner, but instead maybe implemented by Western intelligence. I think there's a good possibility that that is what happened. Now, from Insider Paper earlier today, Russian intelligence services are investigating whether Western spy agencies played a role in the aborted mutiny by Wagner mercenary fighters on Saturday. Absolutely they did. They had everything to do with it. Okay? So we had this situation arise. You got to remember, Russia are masters at deception, at psychological warfare, and at information warfare. My thoughts on this is Vladimir Putin went out there. He understood the whole baseline of everything that's happening. He knew that Wagner Proshukin was being played by Western intelligence. They planned this, exploited it, said, hey, do a mini coup, go take Rostov, and this will make them think that they're winning. This will scare the people in the Russian military who are exploiting our resources, stealing ruples off the top, selling our military assets to foreign countries and selling our information out to foreign countries. This will scare them to that point where they will have to come out and they will have to speak up against you specifically. And that's exactly what we saw. We saw specifically, and I'm, I'm looking for the articles right now, that we have various different Russian uh, members here. We have Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shogu, as well as a senior general, Valery Kursmanov. Okay, then we also have a general, Sorovikin, Sorovikin, sorry, Sorovikin, Sorovikin. These three are the primary ones that were involved in this whole exchange of information, selling off Russian military assets. Sound familiar? And now they all came forth and all of these guys are now, I believe, under house arrest after uh, we have the head of, Wa of, of Wagner stop his coup. And what happens? Lushenko comes in. Lushenko comes in and says, hey, um, you know, why don't you stop your assault? Turn back around and we'll get you full immunity. And once you have full immunity, then um, you guys can come on over here to Belarus. And Wagner can set up shop in Belarus. And Putin comes in and says, fine, a full immunity for everybody. They're all Russian patriots. But then he comes out in his speech and goes, the traitors, but the Russian patriots, send them to Belarus. Why would they send them to Belarus? Why, why would they send them to Belarus? I mean, Belarus, this is where Wagner is going right there. See Kiev right there, Ukraine? See, Wagner Group is now going to be stationed closer to Kiev in Belarus than they were in Russia to Rostov. The Wagner Group just got a strategic tactical position on Kiev. All through proxy, of Lushenko basically saying, Wagner, come on in here. Let's let's make a deal. You can you can come on, my buddy. It's okay. No, no, no worries. No worries. Yeah, come on, I'll bring Wagner with you. And Belarus also just got what? Nuclear weapons from Russia. So instead of a one-fronted war on eastern Ukraine, 
Now they have a two-fronted war from Belarus in the north, Russia on the in the east, both nuclear powers surrounding Ukraine, just miles away from Kiev is now where Wagner is going to go and set up shop. Can you say game, set, match on Kiev, on Ukraine? It is over and done with. The Western intelligence agencies just got played by Wagner and Russia at the same time. What you saw this whole weekend was nothing but a scripted movie to basically oust the corruption within the Russian military, put these people who come out against you, these must be the culprits, we'll go in there, we'll take them out, we'll get them replaced, and to basically show the Western uh, Western intelligence that they're not winning and that they cannot win this war because basically what they just did is put Russia in a commanding tactical position over all of Ukraine. So why do they want Russia out of the way? Well, here's the thing. They need World War III. They're not going to do it against China, right? They're not going to start World War III against China. Why would they do that? That's just dumb. China's their ally. China owns the USA, don't they? So they're not going to start World War III against China. But Russia, Russia is the one thing that is standing in the way of the Western global order is the one thing that still has this kind of this this Judeo-Christian structure within its governmental system. And so it's very, very critical. I mean, Russia doesn't mess around. I mean, they might be totalitarian. But at the end of the day, what we're seeing unfold here is that Putin hates the globalists. He blames them for the downfall of the Soviet Union, the, the destruction of his country. And he knows that if they get in control, that his country will go away. And he doesn't want that. Now, immediately after Prozhuskin gets turned around away from Moscow, what do we see? We see all the pundits coming out there. Russian armed forces place trucks packed with explosives at four Zaporozhye reactors, says Kyrylo Bundanov, the head of Ukrainian Defense Intelligence Agency. Russia has completed preparations for a terrorist attack on the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant, Bundanov told the new statement. According to him, equipment with explosives has been placed near four of the six reactors. Also, according to him, the cooling pond of the nuclear plant is mined. Without cooling, the nuclear reactors may melt down within 10 hours to 14 days. Budinov believes that Russian Federation will be able to raise the voltage in the power lines of the plant, which would lead to the nuclear accident in a shorter time. The situation has never been more serious as it is now. So Western intelligence in Ukraine just gets double played by Perzhukin, Wagner, and Putin. Immediately, the nuclear card comes back in. Now, why was this important? Because just a few days ago, U.S. Senator Lindy Graham and U.S. Senator Blumenthal introduced bipartisan Senate resolution declaring Russia's use of nuclear weapons or destruction of the occupied Zaporozhye nuclear power plant in Ukraine to be an attack on NATO using the invocation of NATO Article 5. What have I been saying since this all began? They are trying to set up Russia so that NATO can go in there. It is only NATO who would have a chance in defeating Russia, not Ukraine, Russia or NATO. 
NATO has tried this. They tried it in Maripol. They had the Azov Battalion go in there and slaughter hundreds of people and blame it on Russia. Then the video evidence comes out there of the Azov Battalion pulling people out of their car, beating them down, and they all had bags given to them by the Russian troops with food and supplies and were being evacuated. Then we have the missile that lands in Poland. Oh, it's Russian. Poland attack. Russia attack Poland. Then we had the Nord Stream. Then we had the German uh, telecommunication cables. Then we had the Kirshen Bridge. Then we have the dam. It's Russia. It's Russia. It's Russia. It's always Russia. But none of it's sticking because we control the domain of information. Because anytime one of these things comes out, what happens? You, me, and everybody else are digging on it. We're pulling out all the firsthand accounts and all the information on this shit. And we're going, bullshit, that was not Russia. That was this. There's a P-8 Poseidon over top of the Nord Stream pipeline the moment it freaking blew. We, we have Russian intelligence intercepting a call to the, to the uh, UK prime minister moments after it happened telling... Senate, uh, sorry, Secretary of State Blinken, it's done. Like, this is what has happened in the idea of information. We have taken back over the domain of information in the world. And because of that, we are kicking the living shit out of what they are doing, the ops that they're trying to run, because people can see through the bullshit. We've developed the filters to understand how they're strategies and tactics operate. So with that being said, they have to take out Putin. How do you do that? Well, they had a failed coup. They had a failed drone mission in the Kremlin. Um, now Russia is in an even more strategic tactical position against Ukraine and Kiev. Most likely in two months, Russia is going to take Kiev. Telling you, two months, Russia will take Kiev. Zelensky will be removed from power and you'll be treated humanely. And the U.S. is going to say that we need to go in there. They just toppled the legitimate government and they're going to try to use uh, rule number five from NATO again. It's not going to happen. And, and by the way, Russia isn't trying to blow up a nuclear power plant that they control. Literally, Russian is controlling the Zaporozhia nuclear power plant. Why would they blow it up? Well, Russia is just mean and dirty, and they want the Ukrainian people to, to get mad and suffer. No. Russia has said specifically, we don't even want, this should be over. Just annex them. Let it be over. We're done here. Russia doesn't want a nuclear incident. Russia does not want a nuclear incident. They don't want to launch nukes. They want any type of nuclear incident. If that happened, Russia would become the enemy of China. Saudi Arabia, and everybody else. And therefore, the sanctions imposed by the United States then will matter because they don't have the insurance policy of the BRICS nations to fall back on. Let me see if I'm missing anything here. Okay. So, they have to basically propagate World War III. It goes back to the 16-year plan. The next part of the 16-year plan is World War III. We have to understand before the election in November of 2024, there has to be some type of event that happens in this country or globally, cataclysmic, war, World War III, nuclear war, something of that nature that allows 
the power of the executive to begin implementing war powers. Okay. The confidential PEDs that they have and have reviewed that allow them to begin the suspension of the constitution and basically utilizing the various different branches of government organized through the war effort to begin the process of devolving into a global government. Okay. And basically stop the election from 2024 of happening. Now think about this for a minute, because look, I, I don't jump onto the devolution crowd. I don't jump onto the continuity of government crowd. Uh, we just had Chris on last week, who's uh, got a master's degree in emergency management over, over 20 different FEMA certifications. I got over uh, three or four different certifi- uh, FEMA certifications. That whole devolution theory, as much as I hate to say it, is not true. It just doesn't work that way. And we all know that. We understand that whether it's the corporation of the United States or the whatever, Joe Biden is the head and front and center of that is being controlled by other variations below him that are basically making the decisions for this country. And what we have is we have Congress who we thought was primarily Republican. No, they're globalist shills, but you got to remember, you can't tell the people you have to show them. And the one thing that Donald Trump here is doing so well is he's exposing the deep state, the cabal, the neocons, the rhinos. They're all coming to the surface. In 2024, guess what? Their day is going to come. DeSantis, I believe, and I don't know if DeSantis is working with Trump or against Trump. I don't know. There's a possibility here either way. But I believe DeSantis was is playing the part that he's meant to play to basically bring all the rhinos, neocons, all the deep staters out in support of DeSantis. This shows everybody their true colors. They know who to trust and who not to trust, who is on board with saving America, who's not on board with saving America and keep on the war effort going, 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 going. So when we start looking at Congress, if World War III breaks out and Joe Biden declares emergency war powers, Congress will have the majority to support him. Understand that. Because you can't take war powers. So the thing about PEDs, Presidential Emergency Action Documents, is the president can't implement them himself. It has to go through the Pentagon. It has to go to Congress. It has to go through the various branches. It has to go through variations of legality. So you can't see them and know what they are now. But when they start implementing them, Congress has to go in there, do appropriations, funding, all this type of stuff for these types of things. This is one of the main reasons we know that devolution and all that stuff isn't actually happening, because it would have had to have gone through Congress. There would have been oversight upon how all this stuff actually unfolds. Okay, so what they want is they want the war to break out so that they can begin martial law here in the United States of America and suspend the 2024 election so that Donald Trump doesn't have a chance to take back over power. And this is where the Democrats, much like what happened in Ukraine, when Russia invaded a special military operation in Ukraine, Zelensky immediately went and, and uh, apprehended and arrested all political opposition that was friendly with Russia or pro-Russian, including all the financiers, oligarchs, and so forth that were pro-Russian. Many of those people have since disappeared. Many of the oligarchs committed to suicide. Huh, go figure. Probably double gunshot wound to the back of the head. Okay, so what will happen here? If war breaks out with Russia, that's going to give Joe Biden the ability through the mainstream media, through the propagation arms, to come out there and say, well, All these Trump MAGA Republicans in Congress are pro-Russia. They wanted us to defund 
Ukraine. But now look what happened. They didn't want to give us money, but now look what happened. This is going to cause this uprising. This is going to cause them to take certain powers and authorities and go after these people. And everybody else on the rhino side, the neocon side, will support them. And you will have this formal coup that occurs within our government that basically formulates the uni party and suspends elections and declares a soft martial law with suspension of the Constitution. So this is why they need World War III. This is why they need Putin as that player and actor. Because now we're seeing, I mean, you have impeachment against Joe Biden. He just retained a lawyer. You have impeachment of Merrick Garland that's occurring right now. All of this is coming out. Um, You have the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff being exposed. John Durham was doing a great job of that. I believe that that trial has been put on hold until Trump comes back into power. So how is this going to unfold on, over the next 18 months? Well, firstly, is you're going to see information overflow. Information overflow over the next 18 months. Why do I mean by that? Is if you thought you knew a lot now, just wait. There is so much more that is about to be exposed. And the reason I know this is because we control the domain of information. They cannot do anything without us seeing and knowing it. We have eyes everywhere. With that being said, we also have a large extent of, of, of people around the world who are integrated together within this alternative media environment. Which means that once we say something that's breaking news, that spreads like wildfire. And within a matter of days, that information is spread between billions of people. That's how this information war works. And with them, they know this and they want to shut that down and get back control of it. Trump and everybody else on the other side, Putin, whatever it might be, They know this too and understand that it's time to start releasing and leaking the evidence to get the information out there into the public because the more information that begins to come out, the easier it becomes for the people to know the truth because in the final days, and you got to remember, Donald Trump just said a few weeks ago, the final battle is 2024. He's right. 2024 is going to be the final battle. So we have to understand the tactics that these people will utilize before that time frame comes about. Number one is they want to control the narrative of the information war. The only way that they can get back control of the information war is with something very, very similar to another pandemic or a very cataclysmic event, weather-related event, something of that nature, or a nuclear type of event. One of these types of events are the only ways that they can do that. Do that. Taking out the grid, um, uh, having a the power grid go down on the East Coast for six months would do exactly what they need done, allowing them to take back over the idea of information into their hands since emergency communication and EBS would be the only means of communication of AM radios, these types of things. So we have these types of scenarios that can begin to play out. If we had the grid collapse, what comes next? Well, you have economic collapse that immediately happens after that. If economic collapse, grid collapse, now you have martial law. Now you have the implementation of the power structure put back into the country and they suspend all types of broadcasts like this and they bring the internet under control. These are the only types of scenarios that they have in their arsenal to regain the control back into their power, okay? If you look at it from any other way, It doesn't work for them. They cannot afford to go into the 20, 
24 election. They just can't. They're not going to win. They can't steal it with votes. They can't steal it with hammer and scorecard. If they tried to do it with hammer and scorecard again, Russia is just going to shut them down because Putin's still in power. So they need to propagate a three event scenario that I call the firestorm event, World War III, um, you know, power outages, tax on infrastructure, and economic collapse. In the next 18 months, we're going to see some type of assortment of those three things happen, most likely here in the United States of America, because this is one of the critical parts of that puzzle, especially within information warfare. So with everything unraveling the way it is, we have to understand that we need to be prepared. We need to be vigilant. And as Andy Frazier says, if you're looking at the comments there, you need to be ready for a revolution that's about to come. And I don't mean a violent revolution standing up and, 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 you know, with guns and all that stuff. I'm just saying is we are in an information revolution. And by the way, as an example, um, Prozikan of Wagner just showed the whole world that a few thousand men standing up in protest against the government can march in there and take over entire city or cities and military installations to where all those people who know that the government was wrong will join them in their assault. I don't know. There's something psychological about what he was just telling us there subliminally, if you get my point. But what we have to understand is that more information is going to come out, more information is going to be leaked out. The UFO uh, information that's coming out, that type of stuff, that's not going to stop because that's the technology that was being developed on the back end. That was the technology that was being reverse engineered and sold to foreign countries. All that stuff's going to come out because if that stuff comes out and gets into the open domain, they cannot use it against us. I was talking to Dr. Lee Merritt earlier, and she was talking about scalar weapon technology being utilized against humanity. She's absolutely right that we are in a scalar technological warfare operation and that they can manipulate weather. They can create earthquakes. They can create tidal waves. They can do all these different things and they won't hesitate to use those against us. But if we, if the, it's public that they have these weapons, then when you see a hundred foot tidal wave coming from the East coast, you're going to wonder, huh? I wonder who did that. Not, Oh, that looks natural from an earthquake. Starts to make a lot more sense now. So I think that what we're going to see here in the next 18 months is massive information dissemination come out. We're going to learn the truth about a lot of things as we have been. And if you go back to November 2020, where we were talking about this, I said, you know, we said after Trump law, uh, after Trump got the election stolen from him, he's going to go out there. He's going to create a social media empire. Information is going to be taken back over. Um, through our domain, through main, uh, through alternative media, we're going to get a massive amount of followers uh, within the main, uh, within the alternative media, and then information is going to start coming leaking out when that amount of people hits a critical threshold. This is exactly what's happening, and now the information's flowing out, and all the naysayers, the people are like, you know, just looking at, uh, you know, the geopolitical situation. I, I call it the vanilla geopolitical situation. Russia's the bad guy. Ukraine, he feels so bad for them. America, I love America. That that is gone. Throw that vanilla geopolitical situation out of the out of the loop. What we're dealing with here is we're dealing with intelligence agency structures that have implemented every every aspect 
of government throughout the world that have run their own criminal organizations, their own illicit trade organizations. They have their own weapon building facilities, whether it's biochemical or radiological. Um, and, and I say intelligence because that's more the brain. But this is really run by conglomerates, globalists, philanthropists, and the global elitists who are really calling the shots, maybe at the top level, maybe someone above them, but they control governments and politicians. And so over the next 18 months, we're going to see a massive exposure of this whole system. Things you didn't think possible are going to be known. Things you didn't think were being revealed are going to be revealed. Crimes greater than you could ever imagine are going to become known. Things that might sound like fiction are going to become truth. This is the unfolding that we are in right now. This is what I've called the firestorm event, and this is why I call it the unfolding global conspiracy. We are in this point in time, this prophetic point in time where we call it biblical, that the unraveling comes, the apocalypse occurs, the unveiling of the truth. And this is why Donald Trump comes in and says, 2024 is the final battle. So what I say to you guys is get prepared, get ready. And I don't mean to plug this during this time. You got my Patriot Supply. You can go in there, long, short-term food storage, 25-year shelf life, water purification systems, redpills.tv slash patriot. Redpills.tv slash patriot. Really easy to get there. I'm going to put these links out there. You got to help. You got to support us in any way you can, right? We're, we're keeping this going. So redpills.tv slash patriot. You can, guys can go there, help support everything that we do here. Uh, because that's the truth in the matter is that we are at war and we need to be prepared for every ways, means, so forth of what's occurring here. If you guys want to get in the gold and silver, really easy there. Getgoldtoday.com. That is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Go on to that website. Call him. There's a number down at the bottom. Leave him a message. Whatever you have to do, get those 401ks, those IRAs transferred into gold and silver. Uh, what I would recommend as you know, being someone financial advisory and, and understanding economics for a long time, you're looking 25, 40%, whatever they, they refer to you as, but 25 to 35% of net worth into precious metals, these types of things, especially right now with the way things are moving. So do that. Um, if you want to find out more information about us, redpills.tv, the best place to go, subscribe right there, uh, redpills.tv. Go help us out by giving us a subscription over there or go follow us right where you're at right now. If you're watching us on Rumble, you're not subscribed, subscribe to us. Get out there and spread these messages. Get them out to the world. Help support us in any way, shape, or form. If you go to redpills.tv, there's also ways to support us there. You go to the top, there's, uh, I think that it says, uh, well, let me just go here. If you go to the top of the webpage, it should say support there on the right-hand corner. Um, for goodness sake, he doesn't even know his own website. <clears throat> My website's not loading. That's why. Oh, no, it's not loading. Well, I feel stupid now. I gotta take it. My voice is uh getting butt kicked. It's gonna be a crazy week. It's just me. Um, if that works. Okay, I guess my website's on. But redpills.tv. Go on over to redpills.tv. Check that out. Um, that's kind of uh where you can find it. There's a tab up there for support. Cash app. 
give send go campaign as well as um cryptocurrency that you can check out there if you want to do the give send go campaign redpills.tv slash go okay those are the only spots and promotions I'm going to do. And by the way, thank you for all the people coming in with the battle of the streams. I can't see it all. I got a thousand things open in front of me, but thank you to all of you guys there. Much appreciation for help and support everything that we do here at the Red Pill Project. Okay, back into the news, looking what's going on here. I'm going to go directly to my Twitter feed because that's the best place to go for this. Um, in this week, I'm not going to spend too much information on debunking bullshitters out there who talk about a whole bunch of crap theories that there is absolutely no uh, uh, validation or verification for. Instead, what we're going to talk about is what's happening in the world and how what's happening in the world is unraveling and what's to come when this all happens. What happens if we win? What happens if they win? Two different situations there. This weekend, we had a large emergency response in uh, yellow on the Yellowstone River in Montana when a hazardous materials spilled into the river following a train derailment due to a collapsed bridge. Uh, you know, and I, and I said here, I wrote this post about it, and I'm going to share this with you because I think this is important. You know, with over 1,700 rail derailments each year, you would imagine that there would be a specific attention by the government brought to this level of incompetence or sabotage. Except for the fact that each rail car has a 40-year lifespan as prescribed by federal law. Yeah, that's how long they must keep them in service to acquire the depreciation tax benefit the rail companies claim the first five years. They depreciate a rail car within five years for its 40-year value. Now, a rail car is carrying tons and tons of weight, massive vibrations on a railroad track. At about 20 years, these things begin to break down. Well, what happens when they break down? They derail. When the train derails, the rail companies have to go out there and clean it up. And it costs a lot of money to do that. Well, guess what they get? They get to write that off on their taxes. Not only that, is they get to write the loss of, of the train cars. It's a tax haven. haven. It's a racket, people. All these train derailments, this is nothing more than a monetization pro program for the railroads, which are one of the most, uh, um, I guess, wealthiest and most powerful corporations in, in this country in the sense of the power and control over Congress, so forth. All right. Um, Patriot Front was confronted this weekend by Proud Boys. This was pretty interesting because they did unmask some of the Patriot Front members. And what we found out about the identification of them is that they were Antifa. Oh my God, look at that. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Back up. Back up. Get out of here. Get the fuck out. Go. You too. Hold on. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Be gone, bitch. You're going to see him start fighting here. Boom, boom. Fuck yeah, dog. Get the fuck out! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
and you even got the cops there. The cops are even showing up, and they're not messing with Proud Boys. Well, security guard, some little security guard there. So we get them ousted. Two of them were unmasked, and I went ahead and published that. And people are saying they're feds. I, I never believed that they were feds. Maybe, maybe the feds have infiltrated them. But what we get is we get a few of them who get unmasked, okay? And then people found them pretty easily. Ian Michael Elliott, Atlanta Antifa, James Julius Johnson, the Juan Nazi Watch, and Ryan Richard Sundberg, and Nokara, which is another Antifa affiliation. Oh, well, interesting, man. And then we have this guy, Brody Ben, right there. And yeah, they're most, some of these members are actually Antifa from the Patriot Front, which the mainstream media is calling, oh, racist, right, right-wingers that are trying to spark a revolt. They're not. Well, maybe they are. Maybe some of them are. But the ones that were unmasked that day just happen to be from the left. And go figure that that's exactly what Antifa would do. Let's just go in there and pose as the right and give them a bad name. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said last night in her D.C. residence, the television turned on by itself and the screen showed someone's laptop trying to connect to the TV. Just for the record, (laughs) she's not suicidal in any way, shape or form. Well, but she is being spied on by the CIA, by the intelligence agencies. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. That's what they do. Tucker Carlson blew that out of the wind. He was talking about Mike Lee and how Mike Lee was telling him. uh, Yeah, Mike Lee was telling him that they they listen to everything they do and say nothing has changed since 2012 except now they're watching now they watch everybody uh joe biden admitted some things today let's go ahead and check this out he was at a state dinner with uh, modi and everybody else uh went ahead and said this uh this gem of a quote from joe biden let's listen to this i was just thinking uh uh anyway i started off without you and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I sold a lot of state secrets. I stole, I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things. That's called dementia. Usually what happens is you just blurt out the truth from time to time. Uh, we find out today, SISA the uh, cybersecurity department of the of DHS, big tech and government funded third parties colluded to censor Americans, according to a new House report that says, this is from the U.S. House of Representatives, came out with this report that's obviously not loading. I don't know what's going on with my internet these days, but we'll just go ahead and pull this up. This is the, uh, the weaponization of CISA, how a cybersecurity agency colluded with big tech and disinformation partners to censor Americans. Now, this is interesting because CISA is the same organization in our government that told us in 2020 that there was no election interference, that it was the safest election in the history of our country. At the same time, they were colluding with big tech and third parties to censor and shut down the First Amendment American citizens. Oh, wow. A reckoning's coming, people. A reckoning is coming. Hey, malaria has been found in the United States for the first time in 20 years, according to alarming reports from officials at the CDC. 
Wow, I wonder if it has anything to do with those Bill Gates mosquitoes. I'm thinking that it does. I wonder if it has anything to do with um, protein D7 that the mosquitoes actually have within their saliva that neutralizes the viruses at the point of injection on a human being. But due to the immune, immune reaction of the human being, human beings usually get infected with the virus because our immune systems are massively suppressed and immediately go to inflation or in, inflammation. Hmm. Wonder why that is. Why are... Why are Americans' immune systems suppressed? That makes no sense. Now we understand why they gave everybody that shoddy jab-jab, that bioweapon. Why? Because the mosquitoes are carrying various different viruses that if you have a compromised immune system, you will most likely get this rare virus, Zika, dengue, malaria, whatever it might be, and you'll have minor pandemics all over the place. This is interesting. I just find such a coincidence with these things. J.P. Bo uh, Morgan board member and billionaire James Crown has died from a car accident. He was once considered to be Barack Obama's inner circle. He was appointed by Obama in 2014 to serve on his intelligence advisory board. 2019, a ship seized $1.3 billion of cocaine, cocaine bust. It was owned by J.P. Morgan. April 2023, J.P. Morgan's bombshell Jeffrey Epstein message revealed executives joked about a 16-year-old Miley Cyrus and Sugar Daddy. Daddy, Jeffrey Epstein's files, trove of never-seen-before emails and calendars that included J.P. Morgan executives as well as big celebrities and political elites. May 2023, former J.P. Morgan banking chief Jess Staley accused of aggressively raping Jeffrey Epstein's victim with his permission. May 2023, U.S. Virgin Islands can't find Google co-founder Larry Page, who's still missing, to subpoena him in a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase for enabling Epstein's sex trafficking ring. May 2023, Jeffrey Epstein used U.S. Virgin Islands First Lady to remain unchecked in sex trafficking scheme, J.P. Morgan claims in court filing. June 23, J.P. Morgan agrees to pay Epstein victims $290 million in historic class action lawsuit settlement after it was revealed Bank continued to do business with him for years despite labeling him as a high-risk client. June 23, report concluded in 2019 that Epstein regularly gave personal and business advice to former J.P. Morgan chief Jess Daly, set up meetings with government officials. June 2023, BlackRock J.P. Morgan set up Reconstruction Bank for Ukraine. Oh, that's not odd. June 2023, J.P. Morgan mistakenly deletes 47 million emails permanently. And then right after, a few days after J.P. Morgan deletes these 47 million emails, one of their top guys, their top execs, James Crown, Dies in a car accident. Now, interesting enough is uh, cars are run by computer chips right now, and all of them have a connection to the internet. And what we learned about from uh, Michael Hastings, you know, the uh, the news reporter for the Rolling Stones who broke the McChrystal um, case that basically got him fired by Obama because the chief of staff that was communicating with, um, with Michael Hastings, who probably is the guy who told him a lot of things that were going on, uh, which his name was Colonel uh, Charles Flynn, who's Mike Flynn's brother, um, told Michael Hastings about what McChrystal was doing. And it was kind of just an honest conversation. And he criticized, McChrystal ended up criticizing Obama because it all came out and Obama fired him. N no ill will towards Charles Flynn there. But my belief is, is that Charles Flynn kept on being an informant to Michael Hastings in proxy to Michael Flynn. And Michael Hastings got wind that the CIA was working on a secret project under John Brennan to be able to hack people's cars and crash them in 
assassination attempts to make it look like an actual car crash. Funny enough that a few weeks later, after this information leaked from Michael Hastings, Michael Hastings' car sped down a rural street at 150 miles per hour, smashing into a tree and blowing up, and Michael Hastings died immediately. I mean, and it was all blamed an accident, drunk driving, right? Disgrace his name. And now J.P. Morgan board member, billionaire James Crown, has died from a car accident. I believe he was on a racetrack, a NASCAR, and the roll cage wasn't properly secured or something like that, and he died. No, no coincidences, people. You know, just a few days after, two other billionaires died in a sub imploding going to see the Titanic. Did you guys hear the news? Billionaire zero, Titanic two. <laughs> you know, billionaire billionaires died on the Titanic. Billionaires died on the sub to go see the Titanic. And then another billionaire dies. I mean, listen, there's not that many billionaires in the world. And three of them just died in less than five days. Hello? Wake up, people. Something's going on here. And next, you're going to find that Larry Page from Google is probably dead of suicide. Gotta, you got to follow these connections, people. All right. Listen. We're going to have a great week this week. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I see Anthony Weiner trending on Twitter. His laptop information is resurfacing. I'm seeing great videos come out about that. Um, I'm pumped about this week. A few things. Potentially no show Thursday, which means no after uh, after chat Q&A. And there's no show Friday. I don't think Vince is going to be back in time to do a show Friday. Um, so I probably will have a show Thursday. I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm leaving for New York that day because we're doing the 4th of July stuff this week, which means that Wednesday night, I will be doing the after dark Q and a on socialredpill.com. after dark Q and a is moved to Wednesday night this week. So please go check that out. Make sure you subscribe over there at socialredpill.com. guys. That's all I have for you tonight. We're going to keep you updated with more information and news as it comes about. Hope you guys all have a great night, great evening, great day, wherever you are in the world. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. We'll see you guys next time. Good night. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me iPad. Okay. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's. I, I haven't. Look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open, free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.